With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Kristen Seifert, President of Finance of America, to talk about the state of the reverse mortgage industry going into 2024. Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Sarah. Happy to be here. Great to have you on. So, you know, the first question is the mortgage market has been so tough over the last 18 months. But I'd love for you to tell us, you know, what does that look like specifically in the reverse part of our industry? Because I do know it's a little bit different than, you know, forward. Yeah. So it's interesting. The reverse industry has always been a bit less rate sensitive than the forward part of the business, um, mostly because there's no payment required, right? So a rising interest rate doesn't lead to a higher payment for the borrower. The challenge that we've had over the kind of same time period that you're talking about is twofold. The, there's been obviously the drastic rise in rates that happened over a very short time horizon. And then we also had a change to the way our floor rates work, which I won't get into the details, but the outcome of both of those things together is that we've seen about a 20% decrease on the loan to value, what somebody would qualify for from the peak, like where the rates were at their peak to where they were at their low, there's been about a 20% difference in LTV. So obviously that's pretty um, impactful to borrowers who have an existing mortgage to pay off or who need to maximize their funds. Um, so they just qualify for a lot less because our the interest rates in the reverse space have a, the higher the rate is, the lower the LTV. And so you know, even for those people that do qualify, they're getting a lot less money than they would have, you know, even a year ago. That is really interesting. So, you know, what do you see? We'll, we'll talk about 2024, but um, this, you know, your answer there segues into my next question, which is what are some of the biggest challenges for growing the reverse market um, right now? Yeah. So, you know, obviously rates aside, which has put a lot of pressure on the industry, um, we're seeing the same amount of inbound increase from our marketing engine, which is a really positive note, right? The potential customers are there. They have a desire for the product and the, you know, volume kind of degradation we've seen in our industry is more tied to people being able to qualify because of that kind of nuance with the rates and the LTV. But the challenges on kind of growing the broader pie, I think, go much deeper than the current environment. Because when you look at our industry as a whole, the industry's tapped about 2% of the available market. And that's been about the same level for years and years. I've been in this industry for almost 20 years, and it's, it's, it's not fluctuated much from there. And so when we think about the challenges, you know, there are, there are a lot of things, I think, that have worked against us in the past. And I would say that when we look at the research that we've done and some research that we've re refreshed recently, the big challenge is most people have so many misperceptions about the product that they actually think they don't like the product 
just because of what they think it is. But if you were to ask the same group of people about their desire or appetite to use the product and didn't use the name of the product, but just defined what the product actually is, the interest skyrockets. I think it's something like three times the amount of people say, yes, I do that if you don't use the name and just describe what the product is. And so when we think about challenges of growing the market, really it comes down to, I would say, education and trust. That's a big reason why you know we have been so adamant about partnering with people like the Financial Planning Association or Morningstar or the Stanford Center on Longevity, because you know, those institutes are really about educating their consumer base. And that is a big part of our kind of strategy and how we think we can help take this, you know, very niche product and turn it into something that's more mainstream to help the millions of Americans thrive in retirement. Because the thing that kind of just has me always scratching my head is you have this dynamic where there's a $4 trillion retirement savings gap and really the only thing big enough to solve that gap is the 11 or 12 trillion dollars of home equity held by that same demographic and yet the demand is really really low and again so to bridge that gap we really have to continue focusing on education on building trust on taking you know the way our industry has done things and rethinking all of it how do we modernize these things so that it appeals to the people that are you know, looking at their retirement options and wondering how do they bridge their own gap? How do they get to do the things that they would be most excited to do in retirement? It's got to be so frustrating because, I mean, that is such an old uh, understanding, right? I mean, there, there's been regulatory changes. There's the This is not the same industry it was 15 years ago. And so it's got to be frustrating to be in the middle and being like, people don't still don't know that. Yeah, it is. It's so frustrating. It's interesting because I, um, when I first got into this industry, I wasn't really proud of a lot of things because there were some problems inherently with the product, with the way that you know we did business, and um, there has been so many changes over the course of the last decade that it, the product and the industry are really unrecognizable to one what it once was, and. I think it's probably one of the main reasons I'm still in this industry, honestly, is to me, it's just this very worthy uh, challenge, right? Because when we see the difference this product can make for our customers, um, I mean, it's just, it, it brings so much joy to our team to see the impact on the customers and to hear these stories. And it's just something that I think deserves to have a broader opportunity in the market. And that's kind of our team's main focus and goal. So when you when you are doing the research, what does that research show that older Americans are planning to do about housing as they age, right? Like, so we know there's, there's already so many of them have retired. So are they are they considering not aging in place? Do they think aging in place, but they don't need to tap their equity? Like, what does it look like? Yeah, I think it's well known that the majority of Americans, I think over 90 percent want to age in place. Right. And so those those homeowners have so much of their wealth tied up in their homes. And so I think, you know, historically you'd have you've had you'd have situations where people would consider downsizing, um, which is really hard to do in this market where home price appreciation has been, you know, trending higher and higher almost every year. Uh, and then, you know, the the thought of 
going into a potential nursing home, I think COVID really played a, uh, an outsized impact on people's perceptions of that because it was just such a bad place for so many people to be when that pandemic hit. And, you know, I think ultimately people have built their lives and their memories around that home and they want to find ways to stay there. And so the, you know, we did, and I think you guys published this, the home equity punch list survey that we did earlier this year. And it shows 80% of homeowners are concerned about the state of the economy. And a majority of them are really concerned about their own financial longevity. And again, the majority of them don't really understand how their home equity could play a part to be a solution to those potential challenges. And when you do look at longevity and how much longer people are living than they used to in the past, the, the amount of proceeds you need to cover this much longer retirement window is very high. And so I think people will need to have creative and novel solutions and home equity is the kind of biggest opportunity for those people. You know, I think um, as I think about our inventory situation too, right? Like I've I've tried to downsize several times. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. hard to find something. I mean, it's hard for anyone to find a house right now. But if you have very specific, like if you're trying to get into a smaller house, but maybe a still nice neighborhood, whatever it is, I mean, there's just not a lot of choice out there either. So, I mean, even if people were like, oh, I really want to sell and, and take it and do something else. I mean, th- it's hard to get into this market, um, however you come at it. Yeah. I mean, it, not only is there not a lot of choice, I mean, especially for those like smaller homes, which are like the entry, you know, the entry point of homes for people. So you have way higher demand on those smaller homes. But you also, the borrowers that we see, they've probably refinanced within the last five years. So they have incredibly low interest rates right now on their mortgages. So if they were to sell and downsize and get something different, you know, the 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 smaller home is going to be a lot more expensive. And that mortgage is going to be a lot more expensive if they need a mortgage, right? You're looking at rates that are double what, what they were, maybe more than double. Uh, and that has a, a big impact on your payment, on your cash flow. And obviously most of our demographic are on a fixed income. So it's just, it's not really an option like it once was. That's a great point. So um, your parent company, Finance of America, right? It's streamlined to focus on reverse over the last year and it acquired the biggest reverse lender in the space, right? AAG. So how is uh, Finance of America leveraging AAG's significant marketing platform? Yes. So we, this has been a, a year of change for our, for our enterprise. I mean, we, you know, went from having companies in our enterprise that touched every part of the mortgage market to really simplifying our focus and streamlining the business to focus on the retirement opportunity, which we see has tremendous uh, tailwinds associated with it. So, you know, purchasing AAG it, at the time, it just, it made a lot of sense. We've been the, you know, largest wholesaler for a most of the last, I think, 11 years and have done really well in that space. One of the main kind of, I think, um, strategies that our company has employed has been around innovation. Uh, When our founder acquired our company originally in 2013, that was kind of our big vision is how do we take a company that's almost 100% reliant on a government product that ultimately we have no control over and shift it so that we have our own proprietary products and a broader suite of products so that we can fill the gaps in the market and really kind of be more in control of our own destiny. 
the really cool thing about the AAG acquisition is they have such a dominant place on the retail side. They've been the biggest direct-to-consumer retail lender in our space for probably as long as we've been the largest wholesaler. Um, and they reach more than, I think, 20 million customers annually via their, the marketing engine that we now have in our in our ecosystem. And so when we think about our focus on innovation and investments in new products, having this uh, marketing engine that reaches so many customers directly and pairing those things together really creates um, a huge opportunity for us go forward. So, you know, this year really has been a huge focus on integrating the two businesses, which, you know, is no easy feat. I think when I look back on this past year, I'm incredibly proud of the team and the work that's been done to bring our companies together and the way that they've come together in such a short period of time. We've probably got one more quarter to kind of complete that integration as it relates to the tech stack and the LOS platforms and things like that. But when we look forward and we get to say, all right, now we can take our proprietary product suite and have that um, retail model be able to offer these the the customers that they interact with daily such a, a more comprehensive suite of options. It's really exciting because, especially in this market where there's been so much pressure on the government Heckam product, you know the the proprietary main product home safe that we have, the LTVs are also a little bit lower on that product. Um, interest rates are a little bit higher. What we see a huge opportunity in the AAG platform and our product suite coming together are around the home safe second product, which is kind of our version of a home equity loan. And the great thing about this product is there's no payment attached to it. And a borrower gets to keep their existing first mortgage, low interest rate intact, right? So you don't have to refinance out of anything into a higher rate reverse mortgage. You can keep your existing mortgage intact, and then you can access your home equity through our home safe second lien product without adding an additional payment um, to your monthly outflow of cash. Wow. That's, (laughs) I'm sure that's a, you know, a game changer to people to have that available. Yeah. And I I think, you know, we just recently got that live on the retail floor. We just were able to push that product out also through our um, reverse vision, which is one of the main LOS providers in the industry, in our reverse industry. And we just think that that product has such a huge opportunity to change the future landscape of our industry uh, because it's, it's just something that's never been done before. So let's talk about um, some of the people that you're trying to reach with this marketing, because you mentioned financial planners. Um, and and I feel like there's, when it comes to reverse mortgage, there, there are more people involved than when you think about, typically, when you think about the forward mortgage, because everyone's like, oh, okay, you're getting a mortgage. Whereas, you know, when it comes to reverse mortgage or or even um, this, this product that you just talked about, you might have multiple, you know, kids involved with their parents or various things. So in in your mind or, or for uh, Finance of America, who do you think the most important stakeholders are when it comes to reverse? I, that's a great question. And you're 100% accurate that there are so many more people involved in the process, and which we love, right? The more people can be involved in the process, the more they understand what's happening, you know, the better outcomes we see our, our customers have, especially when you look 10, 20 years after getting the loan. Um, you know, I would say when it 
comes to like reaching those stakeholders and kind of the what, the importance of the different people playing a part, I would say that first and foremost, our wholesale partners and the forward mortgage companies that are choosing to adopt this product and offer this product are a huge part of kind of the current industry and the future, I think, success of the industry because they reach such a broader set of customers just through their day-to-day. And when you look at probably the people they've been serving over their course of business over the last 10, 20, 30 years, many of those people are going to be aging into the category of being eligible for a reverse. So, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, thank our partners on the wholesale side and really just make an appeal to those um, larger forward companies that this is a product that can help so many people that they've served in the past and helped along their financial journey. And I think this is just really another great tool to have for those originators. Beyond that, you know, financial planners, you know, we see such great outcomes when our borrowers come to us through a financial planner because those folks have a full and comprehensive picture on the borrower's financial situation and can and you they can help the borrower use the reverse mortgage as part of an overall plan rather than kind of like a siloed product. So the folks that come through find from their financial advisors, right? Sometimes they'll leverage their line of credit from a reverse mortgage rather than drawing down their retirement accounts. And they can just have a really robust strategy depending on what's going on in the market in any given year. That's a huge piece of you know why we continue to educate that cohort. Um, you know, estate planning attorneys is a big one. I think we're starting to see a lot more interest in People that are providing, you know, medical care and advice to customers because you've got so many people that are facing financial challenges tied to medical events that happen to people as we age, right? That's going to just be a part of the aging process. And a lot of times it's not something that we fully plan for. And, you know, whether it be needing in-home care or some, you know, uh, improving your home to be able to fit a wheelchair or something like that, those types of folks are also coming in as, hey, your product might be able to help our customers um, live better in their homes currently. You know, I know there, there are a lot of counseling that has to happen um, with the borrowers in a, in a reverse space, but it makes sense to me that, you know, the financial planners have, um, yeah, I mean, they're coming in as a trusted advisor who who this uh you know, borrower has already, you know, trusted to help them in their financial life. So it makes sense that they're like the perfect people to really, if they understand what this can be for their clients, that can just be like a huge, a huge deal. Yeah. And I think the other piece too, is just the sandwich generation, right? You've got a, a big group of people, myself included, right? Who are raising their own kids and then their parents are starting to age and needing to help kind of both sides of the equation. And I think it, in the past, you've had people that have potentially helped their parents out financially. When you look at what's going on in the kind of broader economic environment and inflationary pressures and things like that, you know, you look at your parents and say, okay, how can I help you be self-sufficient knowing that you might be living the next 20, 30 years in retirement and need to make sure that you have enough kind of financial 
rope to get you through to the end. And so I think for us, really making sure that we can educate that sandwich generation is really important because a lot of the people that come into our system, you know, they look to their kids for advice and support. And so we want to make sure that that those children are very well educated on the options. That makes total sense. And and like you said, I mean, it, I was reading an article not long ago that said, you know, 120 is, um, is not going to be out of reach for, especially say my kids generation, right? Like 120 is, I, I remember when I was growing up and yes, I am older, but, um, when, if you got to be a hundred, you, you were on the today show, like, they would, they, they had you like now you could never do that. Right. But I mean, it was so, it was, I know so now it's like all the best friends that are a hundred are doing TikTok videos and yeah, on, on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, it's, it's, it's it such a different time. It is a different time. And, and, you know, when you think about, you know, if, if you're, if the traditional person retires at 65 and lives to be over a hundred, that is just a huge amount of time, you know, that their resources have to cover now. Yeah. And it was interesting. I was talking to a friend recently who, you know, is a millennial and it, you know, it's been so hard for younger generations to get into the housing market. But, you know, when I look even at the really kind of long horizon of the potential in our industry, you know, having that housing wealth is so important. You know, it, it allows people to do a lot of things throughout their life. You, you, you probably have friends that have refinanced their house to remodel their kitchen or take a trip to Europe or put their kids through college. So many people are accustomed to using their home equity to empower their lives. And those people then are going to be coming into our demographic and we can help them continue doing using that home equity to empower their retirement. And but the the challenge then is if we don't keep getting people into home ownership, they're not going to have those same opportunities that many of us have had because we've been homeowners. So it's it's an interesting dynamic in the market. And it's something that I know that a lot of people are focused on, right, is home ho- housing affordability and how to get people in. Because even research out of the Stanford Center on Longevity shows that people do much better financially over the course of their lives when they're homeowners. It makes so much sense. I hadn't even really thought about that. Like if you think about the 30 year mortgage and paying that off and, and then owning your home and all of those years that you would own your home. Very interesting. Well, you know, you already talked about, about one of the uh, products. Are there any other reverse products that you're pretty excited about? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I really, you know, we have the broadest kind of proprietary product suite in our space. And we're really proud of that. I think when I look at the kind of existing opportunity, because rates are so much higher than people are accustomed to as of late, I think our home safe second lien product is is really going to be a game changer. I mean, the interest rate is on par with the HELOCs that you see in the market. Um, it gives you access to a higher LTV than any of the other reverse mortgages on the market. Uh, gives you access to. And again, you can access your home equity in a way that um, uh, doesn't require any more payments. So I would say that product. And then the other thing that I would say I'm most excited about as it relates to innovation is more on kind of the customer experience innovation. When you look at our industry, I think our processes in general are somewhat still stuck in the dark ages. And the people that are coming into our ecosystem, they've probably gotten a loan 
through a big lender that had a digital process that allowed them to interact via email or text or you know online. And a lot of the uh, platforms in our industry haven't supported those ways of doing business. And so when we look to you know what the future holds, we look at a product like HomeSafe Second and we say, okay, great, this product is going to fill a lot of gaps and we think can be really beneficial to a lot of customers out there. But how can we take this product and turn it into kind of a digital end-to-end solution for people so that they could come into the ecosystem, go through counseling and be able to get their funds within you know, a couple of weeks rather than a month or two months. And so that's really, I think, a big focus that we'll have into 2024 and beyond is around modernizing the entire kind of ecosystem and uh, technology solutions that we have as an enterprise. So that leads really well into the last question I was going to ask you, which is what does 2024 look like for Finance of America? So I'm really excited about 2024. I think there's been so many challenges in 2023. It almost just felt like we couldn't catch a break in certain circumstances. Um, And when I look forward into 2024, you know, our team's been through an outsized amount of change. Not only did we have the AAG acquisition, you touched on the fact that we just pivoted our entire company to focus on the retirement opportunity. Um, But the team members within our company have just, they've been through a lot. And, you know, one of the things that gets me out of bed in the morning is culture and investing in people. And, you know, obviously numbers matter to such a big degree and the, you know, financial success of a company matter to such a big degree. But those things, in in my opinion, in my experience, are so much easier to achieve when you have a very strong culture and all of your people are really bought into the vision. So when I looked at 2024, I think it's really the opportunity to kind of re-engage with our team in a way to get our culture back to what it once was, because, you know, we've got all these different groups coming together to form what we now are. And now we've got the opportunity to bring these groups together culturally, aligned to the same vision, and then really take advantage of the opportunity ahead. So, you know, 2024, I'm, I'm really excited about what we can do for our team and our culture. I am really excited about the opportunity to modernize the platform, you know, from a technology standpoint, and then also just a messaging standpoint. There's, you know, we talked at the beginning about the misperceptions in our industry. A lot of that does have to do with the different go-to-market strategies that we've deployed and other peers in the space have deployed. And so we have to take a step back and say, what is the right way to approach the customers so that we can meet them where they are, so that we can really, you know, show up in a way where they can see the value of what we have to offer. And so we'll be doing a lot as it relates to our messaging, our positioning, you know, and that overall customer experience. I've always been a big, big fan of figuring out how do you turn your customers into your biggest advocates? Because you can't, there's like no, there's no uh, faking that, right? So how do we provide such valuable services to our customers that they can't wait to talk about what we did for them on the golf course and how their life improved? Kind of that's, that's where we want to move to 
Do you see any, um, I know that, you know, the industry, Nirmla, uh, different people are involved in advocating on Capitol Hill and in DC, because I know that, um, I think it was within the last year, we had a congressperson who kind of like came out of nowhere and was like, oh, you know, reverse mortgages using really old information, um, you know, and where do you see the challenge there? Or what do you think 2024 holds from a regulatory perspective? You know, I actually have... I'm so optimistic and grateful for the partnerships that we've had with the government in general. The FHA and Ginny May, especially since the RMF bankruptcy, have really rallied around our industry and have said, you know, these products are such a needed product for the future of our country. How can we help you succeed? How can we set up the government products so that it's sustainable for people like you to keep offering them? And I think that gives me a ton of hope. There's always going to be those those outsiders that have these, you know, varying views or negative views. Again, I do think it comes back to the education piece because a lot of them don't have the greatest information. I think a lot of those stories also can crop up from borrowers who may have gotten loans before all of the regulatory changes happened. And so they may just be in, you know, not the best outcome now. And that's impacting somebody's perception of what the the product did for that, did for them. But then they fail to see that the product probably helped them stay in their home and thrive for 10, 20 years before the whatever events happening right now. So, you know, I think we you know, there's not much we can do about individual perceptions that crop up, but I have a ton of optimism, like I said, around the relationship that we have with the government bodies that, um, you know, we work really closely with to do right by the customers. I love that. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for being on the podcast and kind of sharing the state of where the reverse mortgage industry is and, and about Finance of America Reverse. Yeah, it was great to be here with you, Sarah. I really appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.